of coming back home. You got that for me? And I want you to see that just for a moment because I, I want to just kind of preface this by saying, you know, sometimes I think we look at a, a sermon series title like that and we might think for a minute it's a sermon series on the family, but in reality, we'll talk about obviously the family and, and children just about every week this year in some capacity. But, you know, there's a place that I think all of us in different areas of our lives need to come back to. So many times we find ourselves drifting and we can drift in in certain areas of our lives where we're not drifting in other areas of our lives. And I want to call you back home to where God would have you to be. And and so there's going to be a lot of calls coming over the next few weeks. And I'm sure I'll fall into some of those categories and maybe you will as well. And we'll come back home together. So it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to that beginning next week. But this week, we're going to talk about the year of the child. And it's the first Sunday of the year. It's the theme this year. If you need to worship God, raise your hand. They'll be very helpful this week, very informative as we lay out the vision and uh, share some things with you. And so as you get those worship guides just by the uplifted hand, the guys will take care of you. I want to, uh, to kind of explain my message because I'm going to spend just a short time uh, actually in the text. But the text is going to introduce the message, the theme. So I'll use the, the, this incredible story in Scripture, one of the most incredible stories you, you really have ever read. And it's only, I mean, there's a lot to the story, but we're going to just take four verses in a moment and kind of present it as a way that we can begin to talk about the year of the child. I, I have had uh, more than a few phone calls that have said, uh, or text messages, or just conversations where people have said, Pastor, boy, this is exciting. I really like the theme. Now, how, how does this work, and why is it the theme? And, and, and is there anything you can tell me that would help me to understand maybe why the emphasis on, on children? And, and the answer is this sermon. The answer is, is what I'm going to talk to you about for the next few moments. And so I want you to pay close attention if you've already gotten the the calendar this year. If not, you can take as many as you'd like on the way out today. We want to kind of get rid of those, obviously, in the first of the year so that you've got a, an opportunity to to, uh, to look at all the different activities and the emphasis throughout the year. But as well, you can you can give them out. You could take 10 or 15, give them out to friends, neighbors, family. Uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be fine with us. And so feel free to take those as you leave uh, the services for, for the next few weeks. But you've noticed there's also an emphasis, if you've got the calendar, on different ministries in our church. Those are children's ministries that we're focusing on every three months. We're going to kind of take a different emphasis, a different focus on a different child ministry. We've got six of them that you're going to find out about this morning and who the leadership is. And you're going to hear from that leadership at the end of the service for just a minute or two from each one. It's going to be a very informative type service, different than we normally would give. And we'll segue into a time of of response and prayer as we all consider and process what it is that God might have us to do. I won't make any bones about it. I mean, this message really is to get us engaged in in these six ministries. I mean, that's just the truth. If you want to know uh, the, the secret behind all of this, it's it's so many of us, I think, have gotten to a place, and, and we didn't necessarily do it intentionally or mean to do it, but what happens oftentimes is, you know, a church can make changes and, and things can happen over a period of time. And we find ourselves be kind, kind of coming uh, Sunday morning worshipers. We, we, we come uh, five or 10 minutes before the service. We leave five or 10 minutes after. And that's the extent of our Sunday. Uh, and, 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 and I'm thankful for everyone who, who comes. And if it is that you're five or 10 minutes before and leaving five or 10 minutes after, that's, that's okay. 
but, but the truth is there, there's so many opportunities that God has presented to our congregation, to our membership to serve in. And, and serving would, would be serving in the service that you're not attending. If you're attending the service, you're being served. But if you're allowing others to attend the service, then you're serving so they can be served. And so there's opportunities at the 9 o'clock hour to serve. There's opportunities at the 10.45 hour to serve. And then, of course, there's other opportunities during the week to serve. But, but I'm speaking mainly this morning of, of the Lord's Day and of the, the time of about 8.30 to 12.30 every Sunday where we come together and, and, and worship and, and teach and share the, the Word of God and, and, and sing and all of that that goes on throughout the buildings of our church. And so I want you to listen, and, and I want you to just ask God, maybe at the end of it all, where is it, maybe what is it you would have me to do to help save a child? It's an amazing story we're about to read, one of the most unbelievable stories in the Bible about someone like you and me. The reason I want to emphasize the like you and me is because sometimes I'm, I know I've fallen into the trap of thinking that, you know, that there's just some sort of special qualification, maybe, or education, or, you know, position that is required in order to, to, to serve the Lord, to volunteer in ministry. And, and yes, there are, there are some of that. There is some of that. I mean, obviously, if we're going to work with children, we've got to, we've got to go through a process. There's a background check involved. There's things that we have to do that are just common sense qualifications. But at the end of the day, I think I'm speaking to just people like you and me. I'm speaking this morning. I'm using the example of someone who God used to step in and intervene and save the life of a child who was just a normal person. I mean, just somebody like you, somebody like me. I may be the pastor of this church, but I hurt just like you hurt, and I struggle like you struggle, and I have many of the same issues that you have. And so you're not looking at somebody in, a, in, in some sort of a lofty, high uh, position as much as you are looking at, at just someone who struggles with life at times just like you do, and, and I'm just a normal, everyday guy, and I'm called to pastor, but I'm... I have the same struggles, and, and, and I'm called to do the same thing as you're called to do. And, uh, and so I want you to keep that in mind as we look at this person who God chose to meet the need of a child. A quick summary is this. At the end, I'm going to read the passage, and it'll say it all. But the quick summary is this. The, the Bible people involved in this story begin with Jezebel and Ahab. Has anybody ever heard of Jezebel? Anybody raise your hand if you've heard that name? Yeah, yeah. I, I ask you to raise your hand only because I was just curious, uh, because most people that have heard of that name know it to be somewhat of a of a of a of a wicked person, a bad person. A, this this is the name of someone who, uh, who who normally is not being chosen to 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 be named after. Are, are you with me? I don't think we have any children born recently named Jezebel or or, or Jesse. Uh, you know, uh, Ahab either. These were very wicked people. They, they were leaders of a kingdom in, in the northern kingdom of Israel at this time of, of the reading of Scripture. Then there was a man by the name of Jehoshaphat. 
Kind of strange names back in the Old Testament. Some names we would use today, but a lot of names we probably wouldn't use today. But they were people. They were people God had placed in positions of authority and leadership. And Jehoshaphat was uh, the leader of the southern kingdom. And the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom, the leadership, Ahab and Jezebel and Jehoshaphat, they got together. They formed an alliance. And the purpose of that alliance, just quickly, really was uh, to kind of get back some territory in Syria called uh, Ramoth-Gilead. And so... All that being said, the most important thing for you to understand in in the context of this scripture is that they came together and not so good things happened because when evil comes together with good for uh, sometimes maybe a good intention, if you're not careful, um, things can happen that you didn't intend to happen, but that begin to hurt families. And that's what happened here because Ahab and Jezebel's daughter fell in love with Jehoshaphat's son and they got married. And Jehoshaphat's son's name was Jehoram, and he fell in love with Ahab and Jezebel's daughter named Athaliah. And they were really bad people, too. In fact, Athaliah, just again, to quickly tell you the story in the context of what we're reading here, is she had planned a scheme to actually murder her own grandsons. That's a mind-boggling thing. And, and yet, this week, if, 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 if you watch the news at all, you, you've probably read this week of family members who murdered family members, dads who have taken the lives of their children and their wives or the vice versa. I mean, these scary things that go on today in our world, but they took place back in this day as well. And Athaliah had planned this scheme and she succeeded to a degree in killing much of her family so that she could become queen and rule. But one of those grandsons' names was Joash. I'd like for you to remember that name. Joash represents all the children this morning in our church and in our community, in our city. And Joash had an aunt. Her name was Jehosheba. And she was also the wife of a high priest named Jehoiada. And back then, a high priest would have been much like today what we would call a pastor or a preacher. So this would have been a preacher's wife, a pastor's wife. She was the aunt of Joash, but she intervened. She stepped in. She risked her life to capture this child. And then when she captured this child, the Bible actually uses the word stole. She stole the child and rescued the child from the murder at the hands of, her, uh, of this young child's grandmother. She placed him, Scripture says, actually in a bedroom at first, but then quickly brought him to the temple and... Specifically, Scripture gives us the exact years that the child was hid in the temple, the church. Six years. And so with that little story, we read four verses that basically says what I just said. But I want you to see it. And when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose. She wanted to be in power, and so she destroyed all the seed royal. But Jehosheba, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons, which were slain. And they hid him, even from, uh, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber from Athaliah, so that he was not killed. And he was with her, hid in the house of the Lord, six years. And Athaliah did reign over the land for those six years that he was hid. In the seventh year, Jehoiada, 
sent and fetched the rulers over a hundreds with the captains and the guard and brought them to him into the house of the Lord and made a covenant with them and took a, an oath of them in the house of the Lord and showed them the king's sons. Or the king's son. And again, what that tells us is really the end of the story. And the end of the story is this, that God had a plan for Joash. And by the way, God has a plan for every child. God has a plan for every child today in the city of Hot Springs, in the county of Garland. There is a plan that God has every at-risk child, every child being raised in your home and in my home and our neighborhoods. God had a plan for Joash. And the plan for Joash was that he would become king. Can you imagine as this precious little aunt of his, uh, uh, Jehosheba, sat in the crowd that day that he was taking the oath to become king. And she realized that God used her to step in and intervene in the life of this at-risk child as he was to become king of Israel. Wow. I don't know about you, but I'd like to be someone who God uses to step in and become someone like she was to Joash. I, I want to rescue some children this year. I want to be a vital part of the community of children in our church. I want to find out what is my place in my church serving the children of our ministry. What role can I play apart from Papa and, and apart from pastor, apart from dad, what is it that God would have me to do to be more involved in reaching and touching and mentoring the lives of children in the year of the child? 52 weeks of emphasis, 52 weeks to get it right, 52 weeks to find out how we can strengthen the ministries of our church and and, and make a difference so that our, our, our church is set for the future beyond 2018. Well, Gospel Light Baptist Church in the year of the child believes what Jesus said. We believe what Jesus said in Matthew 19, 14 when he said, suffer little children. Little children. I mean, we're talking about children in the nursery. That's where Joash was, in the nursery. He was just born when he was rescued from an at-risk situation. Not that every child is at risk in our church. My, my children I would not consider at risk. They're in a good situation. But I'm speaking to all children, using Joash as an example But all children, Jesus would say, suffer them, forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. God loves children. God is concerned about the lives of children. And what better time to reach children with the gospel of Jesus and and, and then for the gospel to transform their lives than when they are children, when they're young. What better age for a three-year-old grandson to say to his papa, that's my favorite song, Spirit of the Living God. What better, what better time to touch and influence their lives for good for God and forever than when they are small. And so with that being said, and 2018 being the year of the child, I want to share with you five areas of focus. And these five areas I've listed in your worship, God, I'm going to challenge our church family these specific things that every child needs to know. And I believe these are all Bible-based, and, and all of these really can be seen in the little story, if you will, because there had to be someone who stepped in to meet this specific need for that child. And every child deserves these needs to be met. Every child. Number one. Every child needs to know there's a really big God that they can trust no matter what. 
That's a good spot for an amen, right? Hey, every child deserves to know that. That there's a really big God that they can trust no matter what. We serve, by the way, church, a really big God who does really big things. And when we learn to trust him no matter what, uh, my support statement for that is this, that kids should grow up knowing that God is big enough to handle whatever they may face. You know, my kids grew up in a home where they saw their mom and dad face some really tough things. I don't think it's a wise thing for us to say without explaining why we're saying it, things like, I just want you to have it easy. I just don't want my kids to have to go through hard times like I did. Let me tell you something, church. That's not possible. Did you hear me? Your kids are going to go through hard times. They're going to go through hard, hard issues and hard days and, and, and situations that, you're, yeah, you would, you would rather have not, have not go through it. But, but, but go ahead and model how there's a really big God that can get them through those really tough times if they'll just trust him. And if they'll see you trust him in those really hard times. You know, when my kids were all in the home, when my wife was dying of ulcerative colitis, dying, I mean, withering away. And, and some of our church congregation was with us when that was happening, when, when we were watching Carol Ann go down to 80 pounds and, and, and this disease just destroying her, her, her colon and, and, her, and other parts of her body. It was a, 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 a tough time. But through that, our kids saw that mom and dad loved each other. They stuck it out. They stayed with each other. And then they watched God use doctors and nurses and church members to intervene. And, 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 and they watched their mom lifted up and healed. And, and her life brought back to the quality of life that she could be a mom to them again. But for those months and years that she struggled, it was hard. But we had a really big God. And I'm glad my kids got to see their parents go through that really hard time. And there's other times I can think of in our marriage and in our lives and in our ministry that we've had to model this. Even just our marriage, just sticking it out when it's been tough. And knowing that we're modeling God's grace in front of our children. And our marriage is a picture of of Jesus Christ and the church and, and all the difference that he's made in our lives we're modeling that to our kids every day every kid deserves that our kids need that and and some kids don't get to see that except when they come here number two every child needs to know that there is someone else who believes what they believe here's my support statement for that you'll understand it more Every kid needs friends who will encourage them to grow in their faith. Kids need other kids who will encourage them to grow in their faith. That's why I'm, I'm just so convinced that a youth group is so important. Man, I'm all for the youth group. I, I tell you, I was raised in a youth group. I mean, raised by in a split home by a by. Majority of my spent, time spent with my mother and other time spent with dad. And so I was kind of an at-risk kid, if you will, in that, in that sense of the word. But I'm grateful that I had a place that I could go. And I had kids that believed in God and served God and loved God. And, and yeah, we weren't perfect and we made mistakes. And there were, there were heartaches and things that we went through. And, and sometimes there, there, there was not uh, all the support that, that, that we needed. Because sometimes kids don't know how to be 
what they need to be. But, but as I look back on it, I, I still look at a very healthy situation that I was allowed to be a part of because I had other kids around me that believed in the God that I believed in. I think it's necessary. You know, sometimes kids aren't going to, going to have our, our, our kids' skill sets or DNA. Every kid's different. You've got athletes. You've got musicians. You've got artists. You've got, you know, different types of kids and different backgrounds and stories and all of that. But every kid needs a friend. Every kid needs somebody around their age. And, and the church can provide that. Our small groups, our youth group, our, our, our ministries that, that, that we have here that, that give them the opportunity to get to know one another and, and be strengthened by good, solid, strong Christian friends. Praise God for that. Every kid needs that. And number three, every child needs to know that there is another voice saying the same thing their parents say. Amen. I needed some other voices in my life. My kids have needed more than just mom and dad saying to them what we say to them. I'm grateful for every leader and mentor that God has put in my life. My support statement is this. As children grow older, it becomes more important to have other adults in their lives as spiritual mentors and leaders. As they, the older they get, the more important it is for you to have, I mean, can I say it like this? On steroids. Yes. Because in, in reality, if, if all they have is just mom and dad saying the same thing over and over again, sometimes their ears begin to wax a little dull towards that voice. But when they hear it from others, their youth pastor, you know, I'm grateful that I had a voice in my life. And sometimes in a church like ours, we, we kind of forget how important it is to call ourselves, whether it's a Sunday school teacher or a small group leader, same thing. If you could be one of those and you're not one of those, you're robbing kids of a spiritual mentor. For six, five years of my life, as an eighth grader, all the way till I was a senior, there was a man named Dave Chittum that was my Sunday school teacher. Dave Chittum today is an elder in our church. Little did Dave know when he was faithful every Sunday morning to walk into a classroom and to teach a little eighth grade boy, the Bible, that one day that boy would be his pastor. But Dave was faithful. I don't remember him ever missing. I, I can remember Dave sometimes, you know, even, and I'm not recommending this. I, I'm just saying his dedication was so, in my mind, so, so incredible, so stellar. I remember sometimes he would come back from vacation just in time to teach his class. He just looked at it so big and so there was so much influence there. And I'm so glad he took it serious because I, I honestly don't know where I would be had that component not been in my life. A faithful man mentoring me in my context because my dad wasn't in my home. And even if my dad was in my home, I still would have needed him. But the point I'm making is this, that every child deserves that. This is huge Kids need advice and counsel and wisdom from spiritual mentors and leaders. And, and, and you know, you don't have to know a lot about the Bible to be in this kind of position. You don't have to be a Bible college graduate. You don't have to fear that you don't know everything about everything. You just need to be a good example and someone who's willing to study a couple of hours maybe and, 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 and study a lesson that's already pre-planned and given to you. And, 
or maybe you could plan your own lesson and then and then just use your God-given ability to love on kids and, and give them some words and some encouragement. That's all. I dare say there's probably 50 people sitting in this auditorium that could feel that because kids need it. And then fourthly, every child needs to know that they need uncommon sense to help them make wise choices. We live in a world that's calling common sense things that just are not, not, it's not rational. And I'm not saying that's new. It's in every society, there's been a decay of, of morality and we see it more today than ever before. But what every child needs is, is wisdom to make right choices. My support statement for that is this, that God's point of view and God's truth should become the filter of how kids view life and make decisions. God's point of view. And where are they going to get God's point of view? Well, one place they can get it is in the temple, in the church, amen, where Joash was hid for six years. Man, cheers to that decision to bring him to the church where he could hear the, the teachings of the word of God day after day after day. And many of our kids do have a privilege of attending our Christian school where there is a Bible class every day. And, and, and that's a blessing. But if kids are homeschooled or attend a public school or however that parents choose to school their kids, do not miss this. There must be a filter for which they're able to, 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 to make decisions and, and, and wise decisions. And the only filter worth truly incorporating into your, into your family is, is the truth of God's word. Amen. You must have that. And that's why it's so important that kids are in church and hearing the word of God preached and in classes, hearing a spiritual mentor take the word of God and, and apply it to their lives. And that's why teenagers need Wednesday night Madhouse teen group where they can go and, and, and have someone else in their lives who's processing the message from Sunday or, or the lesson that Mo taught in the, in, the, in the youth group. I mean, this is what every child needs. They need a filter. The filter is the truth of God's word. That's how they're going to make good, wise decisions. And sometimes these C4C kids, which is our Compassion for Children ministry, which is a ministry that is, is, is reaching out to kids whose mom and dads don't come to church. And oftentimes it is a, a, a babysitter type of a thing. That's the way they look at it. But the way we look at it is much different than that. We look at it as an opportunity once every week to pour Jesus into the lives of these kids who don't have any other way of hearing anything from the Word of God. What an, what an opportunity. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Who wouldn't want to be a voice in that kid's life? You know, my, my kids get to hear it every week. My kids get to hold hands with our family around the table every, every night, nearly every night. And they have a dad that says, let's, let's thank God for this food. They have a dad that's asking them spiritual questions and checking on them and making sure they're okay. But a lot of these kids don't have that. And so I challenge you lovingly as a pastor, but also praying the Holy Spirit will lend some conviction to this. Are we doing anything about that? Are, 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 are we taking any responsibility in that area? Or is that an area we're just kind of overlooking? Because as we speak, there's upwards towards 100 kids right now on our campus that, are, that barely have any spiritual leadership and volunteers to help them. I mean, we're just hanging by a thread, and that's why I'm so excited about this year. 
I'm like a kid in a candy store this morning. I couldn't wait to preach. It wasn't because I thought, man, this is going to be the greatest message. It really wasn't. It was because this is going to share the vision. Somebody's going to get excited and say, that's me, preacher. I want to be involved. I didn't know how to do it. I, I know now. And you'll know more in just a moment. Number five. Every child needs to know that they have caring parents who know where their kids are spiritually. Every child needs to know that. Every child deserves to have a parent in their life who cares about them. Isn't this an amazing statement? Because that's why fostering is so important. And and thank God for what Tony shared with us a moment ago, that the state is actually saying, we were desperate. Can the church help? And we're like, sure. And so I don't know how to articulate it like Lance did about a month ago when he preached at Gospelite. But if you were here when Lance preached, if you didn't walk out of here thinking, what did I just hear? That is that right? Did I hear it right? Is the state of Arkansas actually reaching out to the church to rescue it from a situation that is spiraling uh, into in, 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 in disaster? Yes, that's exactly what's happening. And now we have the opportunity to go through a Christian agency in order to, to foster children and to mentor children and to, and to be... To, to really take, to solve the problem of 120 kids in Garland County that need a home right now when there's 200 churches and we can't find a home for 120 kids. What does that say about the church? Not very much. And so I'm so excited that finally we can be the church that God says we ought to be because it says that pure religion is to care for the fatherless, the widows and their affliction. What an opportunity. I am so pumped. My support statement is this. Kids need parents who will be intentional about spending time together as a family and staying actively involved in their children's spiritual growth. This is critical. Every kid needs somebody that is keeping them and holding them accountable for their responsibility to to honor God with their lives. Uh, You know, it, it shouldn't... It should be a normal thing that parents are going out of their way to make sure their kids are growing spiritually. It's my responsibility to make sure, as Owen Chloe here on on the front row this morning, are are growing spiritually and are being held accountable. And and I don't mind doing that. I I, I tell you, every kid deserves at Christmas not to be just given toys and, 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 and shoes and games and clothes, but every kid needs a spiritual gift too. Every kid needs a devotion book, a a Bible, something that says that our family loves Jesus and challenges them to love Jesus too. Amen. These are things that our church and our our, our churches and our families and our churches and children that are outside of our church desperately need someone to step in and say, I'll be that person in a child's life. How can you spend time with your kids and stay actively involved? Well, number one, you can go to church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, through the years, we've had a few guys come through here and pour mouth the ministry. And it's interesting. My kids' response to that through the years, and it's been a long time because I kind of got away from that crowd because they're depressing. But sometimes in the past, I've had guys come through, you know, and, and they just sort of lean over the pulpit. It's kind of a woe is me and the ministry's tough and it's just hard and it's been tough and y'all pray for us. And, you know, we're just, and it's just like, and, and my kids would come home. I remember most specifically one day coming home and saying, Dad, what was wrong with that guy? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, he just... I get like, like his job was like a bummer and the ministry was a bummer. What, what? Dad, you make it so fun. I mean, on Sunday mornings, you're like, hey, we're going to church. Let's do this thing, you know? And 
you would ride the bus route, but you'd take us with you on the bus. Or you'd, you'd say, let's sit on the front row and, and let's, let's get in this thing together. Or you'd take us on activities with you. Or, or you'd go places and, and take us to the nursing home. And you'd make it fun, Dad. I'm like, because it is fun. Serving God is fun. There's no greater life than to serve Jesus. And, and I'm not saying it doesn't get hard sometimes. And I'm not, I'm not trying to deceive anyone here into thinking that if you'll serve the Lord, everything will be easy. I'm just trying to say, let me tell you something. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. It's just true. It just is. And the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. And, and it is, as they sang this morning, it's overwhelming. And we don't deserve his love, but the fact that we've been given it is enough reason for me this morning to preach with passion and excitement and to not pour them out to church. This is an awesome place, and I love it. And I want my kids to love it. And I want my kids to know that this is a place we can come and look forward to coming and wake up for and get excited about. My daughter, Glow, my special needs daughter, loves the bus. I mean, she, doesn't she, Mark? She loves it. I mean, she rides every, every Sunday. She, she, she rides the bus every Sunday. Zoe's the bus captain. So Zoe last week had a hard time getting out of bed. Imagine Zoe having a hard time getting out of bed. Anyway, so Zoe's sleeping, and they tell me that Glorianne sat on his bed last Sunday because I'm already here, and, and she's like at this sad face, and she's just like, bus, 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 bus. I mean, she just kept saying bus, 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 you know. If you know her, you know what I'm talking about. She can say a word a million times and just think it's great. I mean, you know, you're like about to blow your head off, you know. <laughs> and so finally, Zoe, you know, gets out of bed and all this takes place. But I tell you what, <clears throat> even, even a special needs child can get excited about serving Jesus and ride the bus on Sundays. It's amazing. You can spend time with your kids just around the house at dinner time, on activities, trips and vacations. You know, it's interesting about getting two grandsons that are a little older right off the bat, like KJ and Bentley here with Joe and Tiff getting married. It's cool because, and of course, Laney is a blast too, but man, those boys, it's 24-7. I mean, they want to do something. Papa, 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 papa. I mean, it's just like, and, and I just had to buy in. Look, you know, I mean, yeah, every now and then I, I might get a little fleshly and, you know, and, and I feel bad after I do it, but I just want to, you know, I want to watch a ball game or I just want to eat my meal. But, but I think about, wait a minute, this is the next generation. And if Papa gets on the floor with these kids and pours his life into these kids and plays games with these kids and has fun with these kids and figures out a way to let them climb on my back without breaking it, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it's just awesome to stay actively involved in kids' lives and make a difference in their lives, even when it comes to having fun around the house. So I want to take a moment now, and I want to transition. I want to introduce you to the six children's ministries of our church. I told you it's going to be different. It's just not normal. If you're a guest, thank you for coming, and, and just enjoy it, because we're, this is, next Sunday it'll be back to the sermon series, and lots of verses on the screen, and and, and, and all of it. But, but today, it's special because we're, we're learning something about our church that maybe we didn't know. Now, we have a Christian school here. And our Christian school is, is a ministry. It's, it's, it's not a money maker. It's not something we, you know, we're, we're getting rich on. To be honest, our church will, will, will step in oftentimes and, and, and make up the hedge financially if we need to. This year, 
we've been growing in the last three years, and God's done some great things. So I want you to meet our principal, Tim Gillespie. Tim is a graduate of Champion. He's going to take a mic and just share from his heart a few words about the school, what it means to him. And then each of the leaders might share a project because there is something that we would like to do this year in the year of the child for every ministry that's a children's ministry. And he'll tell you about that after he shares some things. Thanks, Tim. Yes, Love sir. you. Awesome. Well, it's great to be here with you guys and uh, get an opportunity just to share uh, about our school just for a minute. Um, we, we do have a Christian school here. And um, like I said this morning, it's, it's, it is a ministry. It's not something... Um, that I, for me, I, it's not something that I do because it's a career or, or path that I wanted to take or something like that. It, it's a ministry, and uh, I just love getting an opportunity to pour my heart into these kids. And uh, the, the fantastic thing about our school, to me, is that I know for a fact that that's how all our staff feels. Um, a lot of our teachers are, are incredible people, and, and they probably could be teaching somewhere else and, and making a lot more money if that was their goal in life. Um, but it's not. It, their goal is to be here ministering to kids. And, um, and, and it's a great opportunity because a lot of our kids don't even come from, from our church. You know, we get a chance to, to reach out to some kids in the community and, and, and come alongside. Because we understand as a school that, you know, and as a church that raising children is the, the job of the family, of the parents. But we get an opportunity to come alongside and try to help with that. And uh, that's how we view it is to, to, we get an opportunity to train these kids and, you know, kind of just bridge the gap a little bit while you guys are at work and just try to help out as much as we can. And so we love getting to do that with church kids, but also with kids maybe that don't have that at home. We get an opportunity to train those kids, um, you know, some. And so it, it's awesome. We love it. And, you know, we don't always bring the school out to the front here, but uh, we have it here five days a week. You know, there's stuff going on every day almost. And it's great, um, an opportunity, an awesome ministry. There's a couple of ways that you can get involved in our, our uh, school ministry. And number one, and this is the, the, the most important, is, is you can pray for our school. Um, we've been experiencing, like Preacher said, a little bit of growth over the past few years. It, our, our school has uh, been growing. Um, we just added a couple new students just this semester already. And more people, are, it seems like every week somebody's coming and looking at the school. And so if you could just pray for our school um, you know, we're not about the numbers. We're here to minister to the kids that we have, but we do have room for growth. So we're okay with that. You know, we, we're okay with a, a little bit of growth. So if you could just pray for us, number one, for spiritual growth, but also, you know, growth and, and for our staff, just to, for strength, um, dealing with kids all day. Sometimes you get a little worn out, but it's totally worth it. Um, and then also again, just for growth, just numerically as we, you know, reach out into the community a little bit more. And then the second way is, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in the coming weeks, um, as we emphasize the school a little bit this early part of the year, um, we do have a couple of, of projects that we do want to do over in the school building, just over, just right here. Um, we, we really like to get some new flooring and just repaint, kind of just give it a little, freshen it up a little bit. Um, it won't be a big, big project, but there'll be a way for you to come alongside either maybe a little bit financially or even if you want to donate your time um, to help us paint and install that stuff. Um, we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks, but um, just most of all, we covet your prayers and, and thank you for supporting our school um, as a church. Thank you. Good job, Tim. Oh, whoa. <laughs> See that? Oh, yeah. A challenge right there. But I got to model Jesus right there. No cussing, nothing. It was perfect. I'm joking. I'm having a good time. What a great guy. A young man that took that responsibility here this past year and has just 
doing great in learning, and I'm getting to mentor him through the process. I love our school. Next, I would like to ask Troy and Candace Brassel to come forward. They're brand new members of our church. They are being handed kind of the baton of the nursery ministry, which is one of our children's ministries, from Nathan and Sarah, who are repositioning themselves in leadership in our church and involvement, which is a good thing. Sometimes I like a little change, and God may have you one day in a place that you never thought you would be. And so when the Brassels came on board, I found out they had ministry experience, and I just liked them a lot, kind of like I like you a lot. And, and these guys are great. So they accepted, and they've been spending time with Nathan and Sarah, getting to know the ministry of the nursery and how it operates. And so I'm going to have them just share a little bit about their, their love for God. Like Pastor said, I've had some ministry experience. I uh, worked with teenagers for 23 years of our life. And about three years ago, God kind of stepped us back and took some time um, to re- kind of get some healing and recuperation for just our family, and uh, when I met Pastor about a year and a half ago, and at a Teen Revolution um, conference event, and uh, we uh, just kind of hit it off. And since that time, I, God just led us here, and it was just an incredible story how how He's put us here. And um, when Pastor came to us and said, "Hey, we have this opportunity," it was kind of yes. <laughs> and before I answered. You know, for both of us, but it was it was yes, and um, because we love ministry, we love being a part. Um, we can't wait to see what we can do, be a partner with everybody that's already involved, and uh, just can't wait to see what God's, uh, God does here. So. Um, as you said, we've been in youth ministry, so um, the nursery that a preschool age group is going to be a change for us. But we're very excited and. I'm just excited to be at Gospel Light, and like he said, three years ago, I would have never imagined this is where we'd be, and so um, God always goes before before us, and I'm just thankful for where he's brought us. Awesome. Amen. Praise the Lord. Love you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. And they are going to be great, and be patient with them as they get to know you and you get to know them, but the key is, as you begin to kind of put your eyes on the people who God is placing this year in leadership, you'll have the opportunity to go to them and say, hey, listen, my name is, and what can I do to help? How can I be involved in that? What, on a rotation basis even. In fact, that's kind of our prayer this year is that we would have so many people involved that it wouldn't fall on somebody every single week to do that. That maybe it could be every other month. Wouldn't that be great? Or quarterly, somebody could give a month. I mean, it just takes more people to, to, to have to do a little bit less. And so we pray that, that that's, that'll be your heart. Next, I'd like to ask the leader or the interim leader, because look how I'll put it. You'll, you'll like this. Kids in corporate and ministry, do you like that? And look who's coming forward, the big question mark, okay? And uh, it's my son, Mo. It's funny because we're in a transition period in this ministry, in our children's and our family pastor ministry. And, and we, as an elder team, are working on this, and we have some really cool stuff that looks like it's going to work out, um, and we're thrilled about it. But I feel like it could be five or six months before we need to kind of really put that before our church. And I, I, I'm all about taking time, being patient, but there is a lot we're talking about and things that are transpiring that are very positive towards getting that question mark out of there. But in the meantime, I thought... I would ask Mo, and he was very excited. And so I wanted to tell you a little bit about what God's doing in his heart and what might be, for the next six months, a little bit of vision. Well, uh, as most of you know, I am the student pastor here at Gospel Light. 
and uh, that's around the ages of 6th grade to 12th grade, and like the Brassels, uh, they said that they'd been in uh, student ministry for for over two decades, and that when Dad came to me and asked me about taking over Kids Incorporated, which is around 1st through 6th grade, I said, well, that's not much of a transition, 1st through 6th grade, 6th through 12th grade, pretty much the same, you know, maturity level, so it's not going to be much of a change. And so uh, I just accepted and said, look, if I can fill in any way, uh, I'd love to. Uh, honestly, growing up, the, the Kids Incorporated is mainly just, honestly, the kids that are um, the children of the parents in here. And uh, this is your drive-in crowd, uh, as some people call them. And this is basically students and kids with uh, families that are a lot of times in church. And sometimes, though, we can kind of look, uh, look over these children. Sometimes you can overlook them. And uh, I know growing up, uh, I was one of those kids who grew up in church, and, and I was a part of the bus ministry. I, I love that ministry as well. I have a heart for that, and the kids' uh, compassion for children's ministry as well. But sometimes you can kind of overlook those uh, children that, you know, oh, they already have parents who love them. But like my dad had mentioned in the message, sometimes it's good to hear the truth of God's word just from somebody else other than your parents. And uh, I know come, me and my dad being my pastor and a lot of times my coach, my youth, and you just a lot of things for me. Sometimes it was good to hear it from somebody other than uh, my father. And so uh, that's what you could be to some of these kids. And uh, these kids are um, these kids are great. I just went over there. I was over there this morning uh, with Dylan Parrish. Uh, one of the workers that are over there right now. And he was just like, man, no, he said, honestly, he said, I think that people maybe don't even know that there's a need, but, and, and maybe some people are just scared because they don't know how they'll do with a lot of the young kids. But he said, if they try it one week, he said, look, I have two kids. You know, Dylan has two kids that, you know, you, sometimes you think, man, maybe he'd want to break. But he said, it's like, a, it's, 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 it's unreal. It's one of those things where I, I, I look forward to it. It's weird, but I just look forward to being able to, to watch these kids and encourage them. And, and so I think if you would just try it out, I think you'd love it. And we're looking at ways to try to uh, revamp that building. The, the, the nursery building in itself is like, like, you know, needing heat and air. And we're wanting to redo a lot of things and kind of uh, revamp that building and make it to where uh, maybe new members that would come and they bring their kids. They're like, whoa, you know, this is an unreal kids ministry and and i know that uh seuss and i we went and visited a church and that was one of the first things we noticed was man when we dropped off our daughter that was the kids ministry that we wouldn't mind our kid being a part of and we'd like to do that here at gospel light as well and and we're really excited about that and uh if you'd like to help in any way just let me know and and uh, i look forward to what god has in the next couple months i'll let you hold that mic for a second great job son and listen when you think about being involved in children's ministry there's kind of three components to to every hour that we have with those kids. You've got your worship component, which is, which is the music and, and, and the singing. Then you've got the Bible teaching, which is, you know, God's word and lessons and lesson plans. And then you've got more of a fun time as well and refreshments. And, and so there's those three components, maybe an area of that, to kind of break it down, might be something you would say, man, I, I can help there. I can be involved in that. And so we want you to be thinking and praying. Great job, son, about presenting that need in, in Kids Incorporated. Next is our Madhouse Teens, which is our student ministry, Making a Difference is what MAD stands for. And our ministry leaders are Mo and Susanna. So, Mo, you say a word. So, uh, Madhouse is uh, something that any of you who are like, oh, well, Mo, look, I'm a little busy on Sunday. I've got other things going on. Well, don't worry. We have an opportunity on Wednesday night for you to come and help. 
And uh, this is where 6th to 12th graders, sometimes we'll even invite a few 5th graders to come in and uh, uh, meet in our Madhouse building right over here to your left. And uh, we meet every Wednesday night from 7 p.m. to 8.30. We're very religious about getting over at 8.30. And uh, basically what that entails is we have about 45-minute worship segment where we'll sing uh, and we'll, I'll bring a little short message to them and and, uh, and then after that, we'll do our small group time, and that's about 45 minutes as well. And, and the small group thing is really what I'd like to bring up because that's something that I think that some people, there's got to be a few people in this building that that would be maybe something that you could help out with. Um, some of our small groups have turned into large groups, and uh, they're not even medium groups. They're like, you know, we just skipped a large group. Some of them have 15, 16, 17 students in them. And although the workers that we have, I mean, I'm looking in here, Jeff and Courtney, and we have Travis and Megan and a few others that are just like, you know, Nathan and then unreal workers, but, but we don't have enough to make those small groups small groups. And so I think that these small groups are very important for these students to have. And, and what I encourage our small group leaders to do is to maybe contact their students throughout the week. Maybe send them a text. Let them know you're thinking about them, praying about them. Maybe try to attend their games. You know, as a youth pastor, I, we've got, you know, 60, 70 students, and they're going to all these different schools, and I'm, like, doing my best to get to all these games. But being a coach myself, it's really hard. And so as small group leaders, I think it's just really neat to see somebody in the stands that, you know, man, that person cares about me. And so maybe if you'd be willing to step in and, and give an hour and a half of your time uh, on Wednesday nights and, and maybe a little bit more on top of that and sacrificially just say, hey, I think that would be something that I could get involved in and make a difference in one of these students' lives. I promise you, you will not regret it, and it's something that will definitely be something that, that you'll get rewarded for in heaven and here on earth as well. Love you guys. Thank you, Mo. Great job. Great job. Hey, give him a hand. Good job, Mo. All right. Ministry number five for the kids is our bus ministry that we've had for many years. I want to ask Brother Mark Cantrell. Come on up. Brother Mark has uh, been in the bus ministry for many, many years. I love this guy with all my heart. Uh, he, man, he just, he's, he's one of the best friends you could ever have. And this guy is totally dedicated to reaching the at-risk kids in our community. And we're bringing them in. We used to bring in a lot more, but we, we changed our philosophy to focus more on discipleship and really reaching the parents. So take a couple of minutes. I know you could take a lot of time, but don't do that. A little, a little bit. <laughs> a couple minutes. All right. Hey, uh, thank you. Uh, I'm not really used to doing this, so I'll do the best that I can here. Can you come here? Yeah, you. Come up here for a minute. You know, I just want to tell you real quick, I wasn't sure what to say, so I want you to know about 18 years ago, somebody said, hey, would you drive a bus or would you do something? And one of the things was, honestly, I love working on cars. I had a 1970 Olds 442. You know what that is, don't you, brother? put all my time into that every Saturday. I'd spend every Saturday doing that. 1957 Harley, and I still got a Harley, and I still love it. But I want you to know that when I sit in the church like people here are today, and the pastor would say things like he put up on there, and I'm thinking, I, I'm not even doing a good job of that with my own three kids. Okay? I'm just being honest. I'm struggling with my own kids, and I love my kids, but, you know, I'm sitting there, and my wife's telling me, you we need to be doing more of that already. And I'm thinking, when am I going to have time? I got all this stuff going on. But at some point, I just broke to the point of I wanted to do what the Lord wanted me to do. 
I just broke. I don't, I, I don't know how to explain it any other way. My will became, I just couldn't go any further without letting God's will be for my life, what I did. And so what do we want to do? We want to run buses. We want to, we, we're going to ask you to get up and it's cold and drive a bus. We need you to teach a class. We need you to, you know, we want to ha- I want to have a vacation Bible school. Pick up kids and bring them to church. Tell them about the Lord and love them. I want to, I want to you know, I'd like to take them to camp. I want to have some Bible studies, maybe for the kids that wouldn't ride a bus, to tell them about the Lord. And my whole point is, come here for a minute. This guy lives with me now. And he's going to college. And uh, I just want you to see, God's got a plan. Better plan than, I mean, I love my Oldsmobile, but I don't have it anymore. But you know what? I love God's plan. I love those little kids. How old were you when you rode the bus? Four-year-old kid. This is what they grow up to be. It's it's a long-term commitment. But this is the end, this this can be the end result. And that's what I want. We don't need to have a thousand kids. But man, I told Bridget, and I think she's gonna get up here. What if we could influence fifty kids? Twenty five, seventy five, whatever. As a church. Man, wouldn't that be something, Bridget? That's it. Amen. Thank you, Mark. You did great. Thank you. Isn't that great? Tremendous. And I know maybe even some would be wondering, what is the bus ministry? It's a ministry that provides transportation for kids who, for the most part, would not be able to come to church. So these are kids who come oftentimes from situations that are unfortunate and tough, and and it's just one of the greatest things we've done for 25 years and still doing it. Our final person, and I want to ask the worship team to come as well, is Miss Bridget Clowers. And she'll finish off the message in a way. <laughs> she's not a preacher, but she's going to be, well, she can make a pretty good one, though, I guarantee you. Bridget and John are the couple that is also facilitating our Financial Peace University class. So just to put a, a, a phase to that. But Bridget's going to share just a quick word. She has recently, I've asked her to consider, and she accepted taking the lead in our C4C ministry. Let me tell you what it is. This Compassion for Children ministry is exactly what Kids Incorporated is, but just for our, dry, our bus kids. This is, what, this is the Sunday school. This is the fun time. This is the worship time for kids who are coming to church on the buses. And so, Bridget, thank you for sharing. Again, my name is Bridget Clowers, and I want to start off by giving you my phone number. If you're interested in being a part of this children's ministry, I want you to have an action point to go by. So if this sounds like something you might be interested in at all, even just visiting one time, you know, and seeing if it's for you, great. My number is 501-538-5018. Again, that's 538 538- Five zero one eight, and the, uh, what we're really needing, and I'm my goal and vision for the C for C ministry is discipleship of the kids. Uh, like Brother Eric was saying, with the parents, you know, them being interested in their spiritual growth, where that's what these kids really need. One, they need to know that God loves them and can carry them through any difficult situation. 
and that's who they really need to lean on. But two, they need to know that somebody really loves them and cares about them, and that's not going to happen unless you have a one-on-one sort of relationship with them. So I'm probably needing about 15 people to help me, and I can use any sort of spiritual gift you may have. That doesn't mean I'm going to make you a Sunday school teacher. Don't be worried. If you just want to be a helper in a class, just someone that's there, uh, I could use that. So uh, that's my big goal and vision, and I would love for you to be a part. So when, when this happens is during this service. So between 1030 to 1230 is when you would be serving, or even if there's only a portion of that time that you could serve, I could take it, and then you could come to the 9 o'clock service. And, you know, it's an opportunity for maybe your children to serve in it as well. I don't know, but uh, that would be the time period. So give me a call if, uh, or give me a text if it's something you might be interested in doing, being a part of, or visiting. Thank you, Bridget. Great job. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, just to give you a little point of reference in closing, she mentioned it only that only happens during this hour because those kids are driving in on buses that are running during the 9 o'clock hour. So does that make sense? So that is just a one and a half hour ministry, whereas the Kids Incorporated is both services. You've got a 9 o'clock Kids Incorporated and a 1045, but only a 1045 C4C ministry. So again, these are questions that you may have. I, I hope you got a lot answered. My heart is this, that you might be sitting in this building and over the next few moments of response, and we're not going to take a long time, but I, I do want us to sing through this wonderful worship song, 10,000 Reasons. And, and and I want you to consider, what is it that God may have you to do? Don't let, the, look, this is my one opportunity to ask the Holy Spirit to impress upon your heart a burden for these ministries. Because this is this is what God has laid on our church. This, this, this calendar for this year is, is to reach, influence, mentor, and change the lives of as many children as we possibly can, including our own and others outside of our church. So would you ask God to, to, to show you? Maybe it's going to be getting back, coming back home and being a part of, of, of a child of children's ministry. Maybe it's going to be ramping it up. Maybe it's going to be for the first time. But whatever it is, I pray that everyone here will find something to do in these six ministries. I'm going to pray. We'll stand and have a time of response. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing and what you've done. Lord, I love you. And I love our church. But God, I do know that uh, this is a, a, a window of opportunity. In our all of our 25 years of being a church, Lord, we have had many different seasons of emphasis. And I've loved every one of them. And I'm sure we've emphasized this before in the past. But it's, it's really time, God, to pay closer attention to these six unbelievable opportunities to be involved in the lives of the children that you've given us to care for in our community. So, Father, bless. Touch our hearts. If there's anybody here that is not sure if they died, they'd go to heaven. They've never connected with eternity through Jesus Christ and by faith and grace. And if this is, Lord, a moment that you're reaching down and speaking to a heart about eternity and salvation, that, God, they would step out and come forward. And, and I'd be here to, to help them to make that take that step. And I pray for others just to feel the liberty to come and kneel and pray or stand in worship or whatever the response is that you would have them to do. May it be done. And, and please, God, Holy Spirit, connect us. Connect us to your will. Connect us, God, to your calling on our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we stand?